Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. Before we get started today, I wanted to share a great new free pattern that I published on my blog on Friday. Emma Rhodes designed a weekend rug with wool tapestry yarn from Mountain Meadow Wool Mill that you can find in my shop. It works on a rigid heddle loom or a floor loom, and it's perfect for folks that have been wanting to try out rug weaving, but were not sure where to start. If you want to see that pattern, you can find it at www.gistyarn.com weekend hyphen rug. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N.com. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to be talking to Susan Horton, the editor of Handwoven Magazine. This is an episode I've been looking forward to for a long time. I have very distinct memories of learning to weave in 2009 and taking stacks of old handwoven magazines home from my weaving class to pour over each weekend. They opened up so many new ideas for me for what can be created with a loom, and I know many weavers find similar, similar inspiration from this magazine. So this episode offers a peek behind the curtain of making handwoven. Hello, Susan. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I'm wondering if you could start out by introducing yourself and sharing how you found your way to weaving. Sure. Uh, my name is Susan Horton. I consider myself mainly a weaver, um, but I'm also the editor for Handwoven. I work at Interweave Press. Um, I've been weaving for about 22 years. Uh, before that, I was sort of dancing around it. I was knitting, doing macrame, crochet, sewing, braiding, just about anything you can think of. Um, but I was living in Connecticut, and I happened to be close to a uh, craft center. And I started taking a night class in weaving. And even though I came home and told my husband it was boring, I became obsessed. And I really haven't stopped being obsessed. So. Um, that's how I found my way to weaving. What was it of all the things you, you tried that made your passion for weaving stick? I've thought about this uh, a lot. It's uh, that weaving really touches everything I need. It's, it's got that really intellectual part where you have to, you know, figure out a draft and do the math. Um, and then I like design, I like touching the fabric, I like the physical part of it, the actual warping the, the loom, um, threading every thread, I like to touch the threads. So um, it's just, for me it touches everything. It's not that I don't like to crochet, I, I still like to knit, so that weaving is really my passion. And how did you decide that you wanted to turn that passion into your career? Well, I never decided that. <laughs> Honestly, it just has evolved. Uh, uh, what was that path? That path, well, I was weaving for quite a while and working um, in actually an insurance company and finally decided the insurance company wasn't working for me anymore, so I decided to really jump into weaving. I, I didn't really have a path in mind. I just wanted to do, to spend my time doing that. Um, and then I, I joined a lot of groups. I, I've always been in guilds. 
um, study groups, all that kind of stuff. So I started getting to know people, and those people know other people um, that, you know, allowed me to get into a gallery, sell scarves, I was teaching, um, and then it, I just met more and more people that way. Um, that's also how I eventually became the editor of Handwoven, I think, is through who I knew. Um, I was, uh, to, let me go back, so in 1992, I entered a pillow in a, um, I think it was about 1992, I entered a pillow in a weaving contest at New England Weavers Seminar, and I won the Handwoven for the Home Award. And I was just super excited. I was a fairly new weaver at that time. Um, about six months later, Mad Madeline Vanderhoek called me and said, would I like my pillow to be in handwoven? And I have to be honest, I had never, ever thought I could be in a magazine. It mm -hmm. never occurred to me. I had no idea where the articles came from. So, um, of course, I was super excited. Called my sister, called my husband. Um, that, that, so that was my first project in Hamilton, and um, that kind of launched me into submitting articles to Hamilton. So I started submitting articles or projects, and then a friend of mine who had been tech editing for a short period asked, recommended me to be a tech editor. So that just really fit into my wheelhouse. Um, I'm very detail-oriented. Um, I love to figure out, you know, puzzles and solve problems. So I started doing that, and from there I went to Tech Wrangler, which is another word for the person who kind of pushes the projects through the tech editing system. So um, I did that for, I think, about three years. I was still weaving, um, teaching, doing all that stuff. Uh, working out of my house. And then one day, Ann Merrill called me, or I, I can't remember if she called me or sent me an email. And she said, you know, was I interested in applying for the job as editor? <laughs> and again, you know, totally, I had, I had no inkling that that was something I could do. Um, I loved Ann Levin, but the idea of being the editor, I didn't really know how to write. I mean, not that I didn't know how to write, but I had never written professionally. I certainly had never edited. Um, so I, and I made that really clear in the interviews. I would say, you know, you know, I don't know how to do that. And they just kept saying they wanted a weaver. And they wanted the technical um, background. And so, um, I got the job. Um, it, meant, it meant moving to Fort Collins um, part-time, so I'm here about 70% of the time, and, in, and I'm in Southern California, where my husband and my son are um, the rest of the time. Wow. That was a lot of me talking. No, that's great. It's, it's really fascinating to me to hear your story and to hear the ways in which we often don't think that we're ready or should do something that we end up, you know, flourishing in. So it's, it's neat to hear that from you. 
I know that Handwoven Magazine is such a beloved part of so many weavers' lives, and I have really distinct memories when I was first learning to weave of borrowing just stacks and stacks of the old issues from my teacher and, and soaking up all the inspiration. And I'm curious if you could share why and when the magazine started and also how it has been evolving over the years. Sure. Uh, and I'll share that exact same history with you. I've hmm. gone through older hand ribbons and I still do it today. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll start looking for something for an article and the next thing I know, you know, and I always gone by and I'm reading random articles and old hand ribbons. So, but um, Linda Ligon started Interweave uh, in 1975. Uh, and uh, she still lives here in Loveland. Um, close to Fort Collins, which is where she started it. Um, she had a child that uh, meant she needed to stay home with that child, and um, she literally started the company in her kitchen. Um, so she saw a lack of information uh, for weavers and spinners at the time, and um, in this back in the 70s, that was when a whole makers movement was going on and uh, she started interweave basically I believe with just um, with a more focus on spinning uh, and then after a while she started to see a need for a uh, weaver a uh, weaving magazine and, and I think in 19 like 78 it's maybe the first well, I know the first hand woven came out, and I think at that time it was maybe once a year or twice a year. And then in 81, it went to the five times a year model. Um, we still have some of those really old issues around here. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them have like handwritten drafts in them. They're pretty cool to look at, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's been a long line of editors. I think a lot of readers today think that Madeline Vanderhoot was here forever. But <laughs> and I kind of thought that, but actually, and then Anita Osterhog, who um, I took over from, um, she was the last one before her was Madeline. Um, I don't know the full progression, but I know Jane Patrick was an editor, Jean Scorgi, um, Ann Budd. So I think, yeah, I don't know exactly how it's evolved. Uh, I, th I think it, we have our own approach. And, you know, one of the things of being in charge of a magazine is you get to pick what goes in it. Um, so I obviously have my own biases. Um, what are your biases? Uh, what do you like to uh, I, I like structure a mm -hmm. lot. Um, I'm really a kind of a structured geek, and I, but then I, I have a rigid hydro loom, and I love playing around on that. Uh, so, I don't know, biases, uh, I don't know, I just, what I really love about this job is I get to see some really great weaving. It's, mm -hmm. it's just amazing what comes in. Um, that's probably the, the most fun. I would say my weakness is I don't know a lot about history. Hmm. Um, I actually went to a history conference this year just to try to like beef up some of my knowledge base. So I'm always happy when somebody else is interested in history because I know I have readers that are very interested in that. And 
It's not that I'm not interested in it. It's just I don't have the knowledge base. So um, I like to bring in people who do have that interest in knowledge base. Um, uh, I think that the magazine that looks different. I have this really great designer right now. Loving working with her. Uh, she has great color sense, great design sense. Um, we're trying to do a few, you know, kind of mix it up a little bit in the photography sessions. Um, I, you know, back in the day, like I said, they were using. Um, I think they were drafting by hand. I don't know exactly how, what they were doing, but you know, we use Illustrator now. Um, I'd like, if I could, I would offer lists for every project. Hmm. Um, that would be a major change I'd like to do. That's, I just, yeah, I just have a time constraint. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What is a day in the life or a week in the life as editor of, of the magazine? I imagine it's different every day, but I'm curious if you could give us yeah. a flavor of it. Uh, well, I can just tell you right now, it's not glamorous. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, uh, I, I think I start my day just like everybody is, just working through emails. Um, and I have quite a full inbox, and uh, I usually go through it several times during the day. Um, I talked with an associate editor, Christina Garten, who lives um, down in New Mexico. And she, so she works out of the home. So uh, we usually have like an ongoing email. Um, so we'll start one in the morning and, you know, just back and forth, back and forth all day. And then usually I talk to her a couple of times during the day. Um, I do a lot of tech review because I'm, I'm almost like a proofer in that sense. Um, so it's gone through tech edit, it's gone through tech review. Um, and then I see it and then I review it again and then it goes out to, uh, a couple proofers, so um, I'm sort of a one more stop. Um, I'm usually looking at it maybe from a little bit different perspective. Um, like when I'm looking at projects, I'm trying to think of them as if I was a new reader, what would be confusing here for me? Um, because we do have new readers. Um, what else? Um, one thing that was a surprise to me when I came here because I thought, oh, five issues, I can deal with that. Um, there's a lot more than just those five issues. Uh, we also have uh, every day, or twice a week, I usually blog. So I'm writing that, um, finding pictures for that. Um, we have you know, other projects besides the magazine. So um, that was a surprise to me, how much more there was outside the magazine, mm -hmm. and then um, also, oh yeah, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, I know. I, when I, I thought you kind of worked on an issue, and then that issue was done, and then you went to the next issue. But once you're here, you realize that's really not possible. Um, I just finished September, October 2018. We just sent it to press. And we're already talking about March, April and actively working on November, December, and January, February. So that whole idea of being able to finish one and go to the next, it's they layer on top of each other. Um, that was a surprise. Uh, not a good surprise, <laughs> um, actually. So, 
what are the different issues that are coming up and what are some of the things that you're feeling excited about that you can share? Well, I'm really excited about September, October. It was our guild issue. Mm. Um, and we did like groups. Uh, we got group projects. So that was cool. Um, I'm a big guild aficionado. So um, that was like really dear to my heart. Um, the next, the, the other thing I'm really excited is we're doing something new. Um, we're doing something called lookbooks. Um, we're doing, well, lookbook's not a new term, but a lookbook that you can look on at online and then get um, a digital download of patterns. Mm. And so when I first got here, I said I wanted to do some high-end scarf books. I, I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I <laughs> um, said so I wanted to do something, and, and they just jumped on it, which was so surprising. And so we're doing, um, our first one is called Loom Theory. Um, actually, the whole series will be called Loom Theory. But the first one is a four-shaft lookbook where we um, curated projects uh, from seven different designers, and we have some great yarn sponsors. Um, we're, we're going for the high-end yarns, um, silks, and um, hot, you know, great wools, and linen. So that's very exciting. So after that one, we're going to be doing it eight shaft and over eight shaft book and then the last one for this year will be a rigid heddle scarf book and all with the same theory of great design and um, great yarns so um, so I'm really excited about those um, what else so I have another question one thing that I think about a lot um, with my customers in my yarn shop is I have people who are both very new to weaving and people who are very experienced and thinking about um, planning articles. How do you how do you think about inspiring people who are both new and experienced at the same time? And who are your readers? Are they both of those folks? And, and how do you work through that? I'm curious. Well, I think that most of our readers that uh, use the magazine the most are probably beginning to intermediate. Um, I think a lot of advanced readers still subscribe because they love the magazine and they might get some inspiration, but they probably don't need the drafts or they might riff off the drafts. Um, whereas our beginning and intermediate are using the actual drafts and, and using the actual patterns. That, that's how I imagine it being used, um, mainly probably because that's how I used it. When I was beginning, I used the drafts as they were written, and once I became more experienced, I could use those drafts as a starting place. Mm -hmm. um, so that's um, one thing I think about. When it comes to articles, uh, I try to... I guess we just try to be a little bit diversified, have a little bit of technical stuff in there. Um, that anybody could use, uh, have some uh, inspirational, like we do spotlights on different weavers and designers, and for me that's always interesting just to hear how somebody else comes up with their ideas. Um, and then we, you know, we do spotlights on special or special um, weaving equipment or 
Uh, we always have a traditions article, which is about a weeding tradition, and then we try to follow that up with a project that is somehow related to that weaving tradition. So it could be a Swedish weaving tradition with a Swedish weave that goes with it. Or, um, uh, this next, uh, we have one coming up about, um, was it Elsie Wiggensteiner? And then I hired a weaver to weave a scarf in her, kind of in her, uh, channeling her, I guess. Mm. So, so, yeah, I think there's something for everybody, but I, but I imagine there's more for the beginning and intermediate, um, to intermediate advanced weaver. I imagine you get a lot of questions in your inbox from those beginning and intermediate weavers, and I'm curious, what are the most common questions or challenges that people are working through, and, and how do you help them through that? Yeah, I actually don't get that many questions hmm. from beginning weavers. I mean, we get questions, I guess, to customer service and I, um, that I answer. People ask, uh, one of the funniest questions we get is people ask us a lot of, like, about a project that they remember from 1985. Nice. And can, can we find it? <laughs> 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 and that, and this, I actually got one of there was a beautiful pink scarf. Do you know what pattern that was? And where's the yarn? And I couldn't help. You know, you want to help so bad, but you can't yeah. sometimes. Um, but, you know, you get people asking questions about warping, but I can't really... I can't really teach from this position, mm. you know. I can I can tell them where to go for resources. Um, I can you know make suggestions, uh, but yeah, I, I, we don't really do much as far as teaching people. I'm not sure you do more of that kind of thing. I get I get lots of questions, and I also refer to some some weaving teachers out there. Yeah. Can you explain the process of submitting a project idea or article to the magazine? I imagine many people kind of like you when you were first approached, it never really occurred to them that they could submit to your magazine. And I think people would love to hear what that process is like and what you're looking for. Okay, well, if you go to uh, interweave.com and backslash weaving, we have a whole resources section there. And it lists, uh, has submission guidelines and our editorial calendar and, and and of course you're always welcome just to contact me but um so we start early so let's say i'm going to look at may june um and may for may june 2019 we're looking for proposals on august 24th so so what we ask for people to do is to send us a proposal it can just be an email with a, a note in it that um, about a project they want to weave or have woven or about an article they want to write or have written. Um, I, I like proposals that give me a reason. Like sometimes you get people say, what do you think about this article? But I would rather if they said, um, I want to write an article about Mary Atwater because, I don't know, she influenced my life as a weaver and I live in the same town she grew up in or something. I kind of like, you sort of want to have something that um, helps, helps, me, helps us figure out and um, helps us plan the issue. So 
uh, we asked for those proposals, and then, so let's say that's August 24th, and then if it's a project, we want the physical project to be sent to us um, basically two months later, so October 26th, or yeah, October 26th, so uh, and we actually asked for the physical project, and we asked for um, the introductory article, which is the one that, you know, tells us where you got the inspiration, um, why you think it's a valuable project. Um, and then we, asked, we actually asked for a little bit of information about the project, um, how many shafts it uses, um, what kind of yarn you used, um, what your weave structure, that kind of thing. And, and uh, that's all just to help us balance the issue. Because um, we don't want to have an issue that's, you know, 10 eight shaft projects or 10 rigid huddle projects. or um, We want to, you know, have it sure. appeal to different types of weavers. So, um, and all that information is on our website, uh, or just uh, write, to, write to us via the um, handwoven email. That's great. And do you accept do you accept pitches from weavers all over the world? Is it mainly in the U.S. or who who are you? Well, mainly from the U.S., but we do get some uh, from Europe. Um, from India, um, Canada, I mean, that's just not U.S., close to U.S. Mm -hmm. um, yes. well, if we've got maybe from South America or, I mean, I'm sure we have in the past, Australia, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, we get articles and projects uh, from people. Do you have any time in the midst of all of this to do your own weaving? And if so, what's what are you what's on your loom right now? What are you feeling excited about? I'm really excited right now. I've got some. I've got a sample on right now um, on my eight shaft um, to make some napkins, hmm. uh, a quill, and a plain weave pattern. So I'm just testing for set right now. Um, my rigid heddle. I have a color and weave um, scarf. And um, I have nothing on my room at California, in California. Um, the plan is to, if, once I get the napkins, figure out the set, um, I'll work, work on them in California. Um, the TSA here in uh, Denver actually is, I think they're getting used to having, me having cones of yarn. <laughs> <laughs> I got stopped a couple times, but I haven't been stopped lately. Wow. So. That cannot yeah. be the strangest thing that they see. <laughs> It might have been when I was carrying a coffee maker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, Susan, I really appreciate the time you've taken to share about yourself and about Handwoven Magazine and what goes on behind the scenes there. I have two more questions for you before we sign off. Um, the first is, where can people go to learn more about Handwoven Magazine on the internet and on social media? And then the second is, if you have any closing bits of advice or words of wisdom for weavers that you want to share. Sure. Um, well, we're, the best place to go is uh, interweave.com and then backsplash weaving. And that will take you to where we have all kinds of resources. Um, actually, for beginning weavers, there's all kinds of stuff. There's stuff about warping and finishing and um, there's some, a bunch of free projects. Um, it's a great resource. Um, 
and it also has all this stuff about um, submissions and um, proposals. Um, we offer on Facebook, Weaving Today, um, Instagram, Interweavecraft. Uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we have a whole, obviously, a whole social media group here. So, uh, as far as closing tips, words of wisdom, uh, my number one, I think, would be to join a guild. And if you don't have a guild near you, start meeting with some like-minded friends. I, I, I think that's been essential for my development as a weaver. Um, I, I think it's good to have an honest friend, somebody who you can actually talk with, and they will give you good feedback and not just say, that's wonderful. Um, I would immerse yourself. If you want to be a good weaver, you have to immerse yourself. You can't just, um, uh, well, to me, you can't just be a casual weaver if you want to get better. Um, and I hate to say it, but uh, you have to sample. It's, <laughs> I know weavers don't like to hear that, but it's the only way to get better. Mm -hmm. It's so essential. Um, it's the difference between a good project and a great project. Um, and then lastly, uh, I think everybody should be thinking about weaving software. Uh, if you're if you're using shaft looms, I think weaving software is essential. And it really, to me, weaving is on the upswing. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like it. it does. And it's, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think weaving software is one of the places um, that we can distinguish our weaving today from the weaving of the past. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and I also think the rigid huddle, I think that's another place where I think it's surging. And uh, I think there's some stuff being done on the rigid huddle that nobody ever imagined before. So it's fun to see. It sure is. So, yeah. It sure is. Well, thank you so much. It's been really great to talk to you. I appreciate okay. It. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. That's a wrap. You can find a link to the Handwoven Magazine website and social media, as well as their editorial calendar, on the show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 22. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking to Liz Gibson, the founder of Yarnworker and the widely known and popular Rigid Heddle Loom teacher. Many of you been, have been asking for a Rigid Huddle episode, so make sure you tune in to listen next Monday. You're going to like this one. And until next time, happy weaving. Mm -hmm.